Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. Carol, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. This will be the last episode you guys hear from us before the big day. So happy Halloween, everybody. And hopefully it's going to be a good one for you. I am really tired of, uh, what do you call it, eclipse season that began, I think, beginning of October. It has really given me a whammy. Oh, yeah? How about you? Um... It's been okay. Why? What's going on with you? Well, people say eclipse season usually, and it for us, it's uh, October, November for uh, this year. And what it does is when you have a solar or a lunar eclipse, it can really remove things from your life that um, no longer serve you or is no longer meant to be, you know, in your way, like as um, kind of like directing your path to a better year in 2023 which i'm looking forward to yes because eclipse season has already hit me pretty hard with some bad luck i think you know i think you know a few things that's going on but it's just been nonstop. and i'm like it's all things i can recover from but it's just been not fun i'm sorry oh it's okay so um yeah and then I know you're loving the weather here with the hot, but I got to tell you, I risked my life coming here today with the um, ash, (laughs) fire and brimstone storm going (laughs) on outside. I can't even breathe. That's how it is in my neighborhood. It's always like this, a little bit on the fiery demonic side, but it's okay. It's okay. It's it's nice ambiance, but I can't breathe, Holly. And it's just like, oh my gosh. This morning, I just thought we were having a lot of fog and the fog burned off. I'm like, oh no, it just turns out it's a bunch of smoke. That's great. Well, I'm just so glad for your Halloween party. It's going to be storming and raining. Great. I'm just so excited. Yeah, I'm not excited about that. (laughs) In fact, we decided next year to have it the second weekend of October because we still have decent weather usually. And we can have it in the afternoon when it's sunny out on the deck. (sighs) That'd be so nice. You are such a sun lord. I know. Worshipper. I really am. So anyway. So... Um, anyway, we hope that your eclipse season is going better than Carol's is. <laughs> yes. Hopefully your eclipse season isn't bringing doom into your life. Doom but, gloom. But just, you know, Halloween fun, I hope. Yeah. And, um, and so today we're going to be reviewing some really great movies, uh, horror movies for you guys to consider for your Halloween night viewing pleasure. That's right. And Carol has brought some fun candy corn for us to try that's right so we are going to be reviewing um some halloween shows and movies to get you guys in the mood for halloween because that's my favorite time to watch movies is all the scary old shows and there's so many new ones out too that are so good that hopefully i'll be reviewing here shortly but um of course, my favorite candy is candy corn. Candy corn. So we are going to be giving our reviews the candy corn nod nice. of approval. Yes. And Holly's got some new flavors. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Carol. She brought me a nice little Halloween gift bag full of all <laughs> sorts of goodies. You're welcome. And in here was uh, some Brock's tailgate candy corn. Now, on the packaging, it says fruit punch, mm-hmm. vanilla ice cream, Hot dog, hamburger, popcorn. And I'm assuming that means those are the flavors of the candy corns mm-hmm. we're about to try. That's very odd. It reminds me of like jelly belly beans. Yeah. With all the weird flavors. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know. So anyway, the first one we've got here is got a white chip and a light yellow bottom. I'm going to go with probably popcorn would be my guess, but we're going to try it. Yeah. Here we go. Mm. Oh, yeah. Popcorn. Popcorn without the salt. Very odd. Very it's buttery. more of like a um, sweet popcorn. Caramel yeah, popcorn. But I definitely taste the uh, salty, buttery whatever. You do? Mm, your yeah. taster is picking up the, something, the salty. Something tastes like popcorn to me there. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is definitely popcorn. The next candy corn up, it's got a, a dark pink top and a light pink bottom. It looks like watermelon. 
or fruit punch, you think? Oh, yeah, fruit punch. Fruit punch. Um, Josh is going to love this. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely fruit punch. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, we have three flavors left. Vanilla ice cream, hot dog, or hamburger. The next one is a light pink top with a yellowish bottom. Oh, my God. No, this is a meat option. <laughs> I'm going to throw up. Mm, hamburger. Gross. Hamburger? I. It's a weird candy corn flavor for sure. <laughs> Definitely big fail at that one. Okay. The next one is a orangish top with a pink bottom. Again. Yeah. That must be the hot dog hamburger combo right there. It kind of tastes the same, in my opinion. Yeah, me too. This okay. last one, like a light yellow and a dark yellow, but this is vanilla ice cream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And there you go. Very, <laughs> um... Very weird. Very hard to get over the, um... <laughs> I'm sorry. The Car- burger and the hot dog flavor. Car- Carol's a vegetarian. We should have we should have had a palate cleanser in yeah. between, you know, like what they do with the wine shot, tasting. Shot of whiskey of some kind. Because it's like overshadowing my vanilla oh, ice cream candy corn I'm flavor. I'm sorry. Mm. Okay. That's well, all right. Now well, we, now we know. And luckily, I bought a bag of regular candy corns. Then come, so we can get that flavor out of our mouths. Clean, there it, clean it out. Here we go. Here's right. a good old fashioned yellow, orange, and white. Woohoo! Mm. Nothing mm. but pure sugar. Now that you guys have enjoyed our chomping. <laughs> you want to start, Holly? Those aren't even sound effects. That's no, not really what we sound like when we're eating. I know. Isn't that great? <laughs> okay. I do. Um, Carol, what. Uh, of all the movies, do you think that I would be most interested in reviewing? Let's see. Uh, your favorite serial killer, Michael Myers. <laughs> two plus two plus two and plus one two equals two plus two plus two. And how many movies are there of like this? 450,000. Halloween saga. Quite a few. Yes, you're correct. Yay. Ding, 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 ding. Um, one candy corn for me. That's right. One for Carol. I um did, because we all know that I love Michael Myers and the Halloween movie franchise. The first Halloween movie came out in 1978. And every year I watch it and enjoy myself because I just love it. There's something comforting about it. It's like nostalgia where I just feel like putting on that movie and wrapping myself with a Michael Myers hug with a knife just feels so comforting and good to me. <laughs> I just love it. I feel like I'm connecting to my inner Halloween spirit and it just makes me happy. So anyway, I decided Carol because it is such a big franchise. They've made 13 films. No way. 13. Yep. Um, actually, I'm not sure there might be more than 13 because of the Rob Zombie remakes, but 13 well, in right. the proper Halloween franchise. Um, I decided that I would begin talking about the first Halloween movie, how it got made and some of the interesting tidbits of information behind that. Were they at all haunted? I don't think so. I didn't hear any creepy haunted stories about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's scary enough. Yeah, it's scary enough. <laughs> and then I found a website called Pocket Lint who did the heavy lifting for us. They went through and they rank and tell you which order to watch all the Halloween movies in, which yeah, I think oh, is cool. great, which honestly is just the chronological order, but oh, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. So I thought we would do a quick review of all the movies that have been out and we will end with the one that came out this year, Halloween Ends, which, you know, interesting title. So let's get going. Let's, let's get some do it. Michael Myers up in here. Halloween. The night... He came home. The first movie, like I said, came out in 1978, starring a very young Jamie Lee Curtis and directed by one of Hollywood's soon-to-be legendary directors, John Carpenter. Yay. Yay, John. The concept for the film began when one of the executive producers, a guy named Erwin Yablons, uh, that's quite a name, Erwin Yablons, came up with a concept they could make a horror movie about babysitters on Halloween night. Love it. Love it. In fact, he thought for sure that the word Halloween, that there was probably already a movie named Halloween or there was some kind of movie title with the word Halloween in it Mm -hmm. because he was worried he he wouldn't be able to call it Halloween. Nope. Turned out no film had ever been made before with even the word Halloween in the title. That is so bizarre. He said that was a very 
strange thing to find very rare at that time in 78 to no one's ever even made a movie that says halloween in the title like because it love was Halloween. meant to be yeah, meant to be I guess for him so. to it come along waiting for him <laughs> so he had this concept and he pitched it to the burgeoning director john carpenter who agreed to come on board to direct he really wanted to direct a horror film so it worked out he said though that he wanted to have his name above the title and mm-hmm. he wanted complete creative control, which is every director's dream. Yep. He wanted to create the music himself, and he wanted a budget of $300,000. <laughs> oh, God. That's a dream now. Right? I know. Well, that even in so 78, funny. that was a dream. Oh, really? Yeah. So Yablons was like, really? 300 k Like, that's nothing to make a movie on. That's like free almost. <laughs> so even in 78, that was a very low budget film. So he thought, okay, well, I'm definitely hiring you for the job. And I'm going to go out and see if I can get the money. So he goes out to try to get the money. He um, taps another guy. Um, I think he's also known as an executive producer on the Halloween movies. His name is Mustafa Akkad. Ooh, I like his name. Yeah, it's cool. Mustafa Akkad. Uh, he tapped him for financing the project. And so they pitched it to him. And Mustafa said he was nervous because the budget was so low. He's like, sometimes, um, and by the way, I got this all from a documentary about the mm-hmm. making of Halloween. That's where I'm getting all this information. Mustafa better watch out for Scar. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> no, right. that's right. Okay, go. So Mustafa said that, you know, usually there are two flags you get when people come to you for money. Either the budget's too high or it's too low. <laughs> he said this one was way too low. And he was like, what's the catch? And they're yeah. like, no, there's no catch. This is all we need to make this incredible film. And he was like, mm, okay. So he gave them the money. Getting the green light of complete creative freedom and his big $300,000 budget, John Carpenter skipped off to his old friend and collaborator, Deborah Hill's house, to produce the project with him. He's like, Deborah, I snuckered these people out of 300K. Let's go write a script. And she's like, okay. Yeah, because, you know, Deborah's. They love horror. Deborah. Yeah. And they're Didn't not have a scared of Deborah. Nothing. Yeah. No, they're always power yeah. women for sure. They're power women. Power women. So the two of them sat down. They banged out a script in like three weeks. Um, so like their pre-production was essentially four weeks long. It was real fast. Um, they set it in Haddonfield, Illinois, because Deborah Hill was from Haddonfield, New Jersey. And I think they wanted to put it in the Midwest. So that's why they didn't use New Jersey. Um, so after they got done writing the script, they started to pursue a lead actress to play the head babysitter, Lori Strode, and the main protagonist of the film. So mm-hmm. they started looking around at different actresses at the time when Deborah Hill suggested Jamie Lee Curtis. Well... Both Carpenter and Hill loved this idea because Jamie Lee's mother, Janet Lee, starred in Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, right? which both Carpenter and Hill were big fans of. Plus, Deborah knew she could market the film with Jamie Lee as a star because she was the daughter of Janet Lee and Tony Curtis. So that would get the attention of audiences. Like, let's come see yeah. their kid at work in this new horror film. Jamie Lee auditioned for the role and she nailed it. So they cast her straight away. Her two girlfriends were played by Nancy Kyes, who was married to the film's production designer, Tommy Lee Wallace, and PJ Souls, who was also fresh off the horror film Carrie, which had ah. just come out. That's kind of cool to have on your resume, Carrie yeah. and Halloween. That was quite the resume. At the time, PJ was actually married to Dennis Quaid, and they wanted to see if Dennis wanted to have a part in the movie, but he was working on something else at the time, so he couldn't do it. You know, Dennis's smile is super creepy. I think be. he would be a good... He would have made a good Joker in yeah. the Batman series. He Because totally he's already got would. a naturally big smile, yes. overbearing smile. yes. So then they decided to cast uh, Sam Lewis, who plays a psychiatrist who treated the boogeyman, quote unquote, boogeyman, Michael Myers. So first they wanted Peter Cushing, who was like a British actor. But unfortunately, he was making Star Wars at the time. He was one of the, um, I think, Evil Empire's bad guys in that. Okay. Um, so after batting around a few more names, they got Donald Pleasance to play the part. Um, they offered him an additional, Carol, an additional $20,000 to do the part. So the film's budget spiraled up to $320,000. Oh, no. Pleasance did agree to do it, and it was all worth it in the end. So he was on board. So this part made me laugh. The name Michael Myers, which is the serial killer in the movie, 
uh, was the name of a man that was able to get one of Carpenter's earlier films into a film festival. So as a way to say thank you, they named the psychopathic serial killer after him <laughs> in Halloween. <laughs> that is quite the thank you. What a nod. Wow. Hey, thank you. And by the way, we've just named our main character after you in this movie. That's great. It's, What's the character? Yeah. What's he about? Well, he's a serial killer and he likes to stop and kill <laughs> babysitters. Oh, okay. But his name is so uh, memorable. Michael Myers. Yeah. It just rolls off your tongue. Yeah. And who knew then in like 20 years, we'd have a famous comedic actor named Michael Myers. I know. It just kind of works. So anyway, that's how Michael Myers was named Michael Myers. So for the psychology of Michael Myers, this part I thought was really creepy. Carpenter said he based it on a scary experience he had when he was in college. He took a psychology class, and during the class, they went on a trip to a psychiatric hospital for the most severely mentally ill people in the state of Kentucky. He said when they were there, they came across a 12-year-old boy who had what Carpenter said was a schizophrenic stare, and it was the creepiest thing he had ever seen. So the kid was just basically blank staring them as they walked by, like just nothing, just nothing behind his eyes. And so that was what he used as inspiration when he wrote the lines for Dr. Loomis to describe Michael Myers as having this blank stare with nothing behind his eyes. Very mm, creepy. Very, very creepy. That is that is what makes him super different than a lot of the other film serial killers. Right. It's just his silence. He's silent. Watching. He doesn't talk. He doesn't even run. He just walks. Slowly, but yet he always manages to capture his victim somehow. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, and he's got no expression, mostly because of the mask, but yeah, he's, he's a very diabolical, creepy guy. Yeah. So they started production on the film in May of 1978. They shot the whole movie in four weeks. <laughs> Which is great. Unbelievable. <laughs> so great. Um, because they had such little money, they ended up recruiting a lot of their personal friends to help them make the movie as volunteers, sure, sure. but not paid crew. Yeah. So the film was shot in Southern California and not in the Midwest, as it's supposed to be set. Uh, Michael Myers' childhood home is located in South Pasadena, California. And the street where the girls are babysitting is actually in Hollywood, right off Sunset Boulevard. In fact. Oh, isn't that funny? Wow. Because it really does look like they're yeah. somewhere in the Midwest. Yeah, they made it look really believable. They did. Um, but shooting in Southern California did have its drawbacks. In a few of the shots, you can see the California palm trees, though they did their best to try to block the trees out of the shots. But a few did make it into the film. It could just be people bringing them over to that <laughs> part of the country sure, like yes. they're doing in Oregon, Comple Holly. Completely believable. And yes, we do have Oregon palm trees here that are awesome. And Carol doesn't believe they should be here. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> so the other problem they had was it was May in Southern California. So there were no leaves. There were no October yeah. leaves on the ground. So the crew had to create some leaves. And before each exterior shot, they would spread the leaves around to make it look like a legitimate October day. <laughs> One of the scenes was shot, or I'm sorry, once the scene was shot, they would rake the leaves back up and use them for the next scene. <laughs> so I wonder if like you're watching it and you can see just the leaves getting worse and worse over time they just don't look as fresh yeah i know or there's, crunchy there's really not that many of them yeah. but there's just enough to sell it you know yeah they make a little wind the leaves scatter <laughs> around and you're just thinking now these yelled cut someone's got to run over there and scoop them up into a bucket <laughs> and take them it's pretty funny and of course uh nick castle who was a friend of john carpenter's played michael myers and of course Michael Myers' mask is a William Shatner slash Captain Kirk mask that they... No. They did not have the money to go out and buy or create a fancy mask. So they went and they got a Captain Kirk mask. I did not know that. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the um, big pieces of trivia about Halloween is it? Oh. he's wearing a William Shatner mask. <laughs> so they took the mask. That's so great. Spray painted it white. They cut the eye holes a little bigger. They got rid of the sideburns and the eyebrows. And then they puffed up the hair to make it look like a demented person walking No wonder around. he kind of had this, the studly vibe going on. <laughs> I knew oh, it you're was a something. William Shatner fan. Uh, you know, everyone was growing <laughs> up watching Star Trek. Well, look up there, Carol. There's the mask right up there. Does that look like William Shatner to you? Now it just looks like a Michael Myers uh, mask, um, doesn't it? 
No expression. No expression. Yeah, Yeah, it doesn't resemble him. No. Well, I think after they made the movie, Mm -hmm. they were able to go, okay, now it's just the Michael Myers mask. Yeah, of course. Yeah. After John Carpenter finished the film, he showed it to some audiences and they were like, yeah, it's okay. It's not that scary. But (laughs) he had not, Carol, yet added the famous score to the film. That's right. <laughs> Not quite. I think that's psycho. Oh, they, oh I'm sorry. That's psycho. <laughs> Josh, will you throw Wait. in some of the Halloween We need uh, the Halloween, Halloween music. Actually, yeah. if you call my phone, it'll start playing. Um, anyway, because that's my ringtone. His dad had given him these bongos that he never used, but his dad taught him 5-4 time on those drums. And he's like, that's Mm. all Halloween is. It's just 5-4 time on the piano. What? It is? Yeah, that's all it is. And then he adds in some creepy chords in the background, but it's just like... It's definitely tritones. Yeah. I will say that as a musician. Yeah. So um, that's wow, he said cool. it was pretty simple. It's just you know, and he just he do, chose do, the do, upper do, do, octave do, 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 of the do. piano, which I think is really creepy because most people go for the, the lower lower end, yeah, because it's so foreboding. But he kind of puts them together. No, it's definitely so identifiable oh, and yeah. so scary, so scary. So after he added the score, people were completely freaking out. <laughs> Um, they were so scared and it really blew the film up to the next level. So uh, when the film was released in October of 1978, the filmmakers could not get any distribution. It was an independent film after all, so they really didn't have a way to get it to theaters. So they were able, through a uh, favor owed to one of the producers, um, they were able to get MGM to make them 400 prints of the film. And then they personally called theaters across the country and got it in. When it first opened in Kansas City, there was not much box office return on opening day, and they were a little disappointed. But the day after the film released, they saw the box office receipts had doubled, and the next day they tripled. And then by the weekend, it was 10 times better. And So they were telling yeah. so on and so forth and yes. so on, and just the word, the word spread. Word of mouth behind it was awesome. And they were like, well, this is good. Um, then they were able to get into the Chicago Film Festival where they got really good reviews. Uh, this influenced their box office and the film really started making more and more and more money. Halloween ended up making more than $70 million, Holy making cow. it the most profitable independent film ever released at that time. So a $320,000 budget turned into 70 mil. Wow, that's a good return on your investment. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. So as that film just blew up and took over everything, Hollywood was like, whoa, what is this horror film that's making all this money? What, what the hell? So they started going, we need to make horror films. They tend to sell really well. So they did. They started making more and more horror movies and especially infamous serial killer films like Friday the 13th yeah. and The Nightmare on Elm Street. Those types of franchises got launched because Halloween was so successful. And they were right. Yeah. Those did really well, too. And they still do. And even the new ones that are coming out, you know, Saw and stuff like that, those do really well as well. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I worked in Hollywood, um, I was always told that uh, horror films are always the best films for studios to make because usually they're low-budget movies Mm -hmm. because there's not a lot of big stars that make them. So they don't have a big salary to pay. Um, yeah. There's a lot, there's low pressure on the cast and crew because they're just having fun. They're not trying to win an Academy Award or anything. And then they usually get released into the box office in October and they make a ton of money. Like they're just an easy um, uh, formula for studios to kick out there. And they're fun. So when the movie came out, it launched all these other movies. Um, they, of course, had to have a sequel because of course. you're not leave money on the table, guys. Come on. Yeah. So they once again went back to John Carpenter and Deborah Hill and said, hey, guys, will you write a sequel to Halloween? And they were like, what? That movie? <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is weird. Uh, sure. So they sat down to write Halloween 2. John Carpenter said that the only thing that got him through the script writing process for Halloween 2 was a pack of Budweiser every night because he really did not know how to continue the story. Um, But they knew they wanted it to be right after the original Halloween, like completely continued from that night. So that's what they did. 
Um, and of course, when Halloween 2 came out, that was also just a huge success because everybody wanted to see what is going to happen mm-hmm. to Jamie Lee Curtis. And they really bonded with all the characters. Yeah, and yeah. Michael Myers mm-hmm. and Dr. Loomis. Some kind of a joke. I've been trigger treated to death tonight. You don't know what death is. Halloween 2. More of the night he came home. So anyway, then uh, when they went to make Halloween 3, some of the financiers, I think they had some new financiers on the movie, they did not want to have a story about Michael Myers for some reason. Yeah, that's so weird. Why would you I don't deviate know. from that? I don't know if it was too dark for them or what, but there are new people involved and they were not interested in continuing his storyline. So they made the film, but it wasn't about Michael Myers. It was about these creepy Halloween masks. And the movie tanked because everybody wanted to see Michael Myers, mm-hmm. quite frankly. Mm-hmm. So in Halloween 4, Michael Myers was back because, of course, that's where the money is. And at this point, John Carpenter and Deborah Hill let go of the reins of the Halloween movie franchise. Um, the executive producer, Mustafa Akkad, decided to take over and continue it, calling himself the godfather of the Halloweens, <laughs> which I thought was really cute. <laughs> that a is cute very quote. cute. I'm the godfather of the Halloweens. Um, he said he would stop making the Halloween films at 22 in, like 22 Halloween films. Oh my gosh, that's really ambitious. But, yeah, but Donald Pleasance had made a joke that he would only do 22 Halloween films. But unfortunately, Mustafa was killed in a bombing in, I think, uh, Jordan. So he was not oh. able to survive. Yeah, he was from Syria, I believe. That's so horrible. he was in the Middle East and he died in a bombing in a hotel with his daughter. So that's very sad. But there's not 22 Halloween films. As of this year, 2022, there are 13 Halloween movies that have been made. And with Halloween Ends, that will be the 13th film. I think that's great to end it on lucky, yeah, number, lucky 13 number 13 for Halloween. Yeah, it's perfect. Absolutely. So like I told you in the beginning, this website called um, Pocket Lint mm-hmm. did put them in an order. And it, honestly, it's just the regular order to watch them in. But let's go ahead and do a quick review of each of them. Sure. Now, have you watched most of them, Holly? I think I've watched most of them. I'm, there may be one or two that I have not seen or just can't remember seeing it. Mm-hmm. Because I usually do make a pilgrimage if there's a new movie coming out to go see it. A pilgrimage? A pilgrimage My goodness. is a must-do because um, yes. I started watching these movies as a teenager. So, The original 1978 classic, Halloween. Of course, you should watch this one first to Absolutely. see the film that kicked off all the other madness. It's a fun film to watch. There's really creepy shots. Like I like the way he pulls back from houses and you have Michael's point of view through the house and it's pretty creepy. And it sets up the whole babysitter in Jeopardy theme, which we love to follow through all the other movies. Michael Myers starts his murder spree as a young boy when he murders his sister on Halloween night. Um, He's then put into a mental hospital and like 15 years later, he comes back to attack Jamie Lee Curtis and her two best friends on Halloween night. Um, I would like to give this a five candy corn rating. Wow. And here we go. go. I'm so excited because you know how much I love candy corn. So that's... Here we go. That's five. That's that's a five star film right there. Review uh, four candy car corn. Mm-hmm. So I'm eating uh, one of the hamburger ones, I think. Okay, all right. <laughs> Number two, Halloween two, of course. Uh, of course, this is a continuation of the night from the original film. Michael Myers tracks Jamie Lee Curtis to the hospital, and in doing so, rids the earth of many nurses and doctors in the process. <laughs> sounds like uh, last year (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) spoiler alert we find out that michael is after jamie lee because she may be yet another sister that he has to take out Mm. i believe that's revealed in that one i can't remember it's been a while since i've seen it i would give halloween two four candy corns that's pretty high are you sure about this i am okay that's four candy corns okay are you okay with your flavors or do you want to go back to the regular flavor? I'm gonna, I'll eat these. This is fine. Yeah, I'm fine. 
Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, would be the third one you watch. Of course, you're going to skip over Halloween 3 because it has nothing to do yeah, with Michael Myers. of course. And I think most people do that. Yeah, they should because it has nothing to do with the rest of the franchise. And do you, and do you really lose much of the story? Does it add anything to it? No. Are they really There's, missing out on anything by not watching it? They can watch it as a standalone film. I mean, no. it's okay, but it's not... Yeah, no. have anything to do with the rest of the, of the franchise, so it's kind of silly, but whatever. Okay. Yeah, the world's going to change tonight, Doctor. Happy Halloween! Stop it! Halloween three, season of the witch, the night no one comes home. Halloween for the return of Michael Myers. And this one, Michael Myers, who's been shot, stabbed, run over, pretty much all the ways you can kill somebody, mm -hmm. still manages to come back. This time he wants to take out Jamie Lee's daughter, who's just a little girl in the movie. Now, Michael Myers has come home. He has returned for one more night of unholy terror. I've seen this one. Have you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and it is explained mm -hmm. that Jamie Lee's character had died in a car accident, but we will see about that. Okay. Yes, we will. And that one, I will give a three candy corn uh, approval. You know, I agree. Three candy corns three candy for corns. that one. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the next one would be Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. Once again, Michael survives all that shit they put him through in the last movie. And after being shot and thrown down a mine shaft, an old man finds him and nurses him back to health. Sucker. My memory goes back 12 years. I prayed that he would burn in hell. But in my heart, I knew that hell would not have him. Of course, to thank him for his troubles, Michael murders him and then heads back out to look for Jamie Lee's daughter again, who at this time is in a children's ward to help her deal with her PTSD from the first time he tried to kill her. And what, does it ever tell you why he's so obsessed with her daughter? Just because she's related? Um, I guess. Yeah, I think because yeah. they're family members. Mm -hmm. um, I think... Okay, I can't remember if it's four or, or uh, Halloween five or six that I really liked, but we're going to give it Three and a half candy corns. Three and a half. Here we go. Are you going to have to break one of your candy corns? Okay, perfect. <laughs> There's one I really like where the whole town is is um, gotten together into bands of groups looking for Michael Myers and trying to find him. They're all going crazy. And I can't remember which one of these that happens in, but that, one I, that movie I particularly did like. So well, I'm not sure. Okay, so now Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. Um, a cult... In this film, a cult has broken Michael out of prison, and Jamie, Jamie Lee's daughter, mm -hmm. has been held as a prisoner of said cult. Everyone knows his name. Now, everyone will know the truth. I knew what he was, but I never knew why. Um, she had a baby though, so she's older now in, in this timeline. She's older. She has a baby that she tries to hide. But Tommy Doyle, the boy that Jamie Lee Curtis babysits in the original movie, finds the baby. Tommy is played by Paul Rudd in this movie. Uh, okay. I can't remember if I've seen this or not. And it's been so long. I'm going to just give it two candy corns just because I can't remember if I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe two and a half candy corns because it's a cult, Holly. And it's Paul Rudd. And cults are so good. Two and a half candy corns for Halloween 6. Two and a half candy corns. <laughs> okay. Now, the next movie you'd want to watch would be Halloween H2O. Now, this is the first time that we see Jamie Lee Curtis come back to the Halloween franchise after decades of absence. It turns out she wasn't dead after all, Carol, but actually mm. just hiding out from Michael. We thought she might still be alive. Yes. We just didn't mm. know. That's right. In this movie, she has a son and she runs a private school. But that doesn't matter because as Michael figures this out, he shows up for another showdown with Jamie Lee Curtis. Ronnie, the phones are out. There's a strange car parked down at the gate, but I can't seem to find any signs of trespassing. What are you doing? Hey. I'm just gonna go find John. 
And it just shows you that even though you attend a private school, you're not any more safe. That's right. From Michael Myers. <laughs> Michael Myers. Your money cannot protect you. Can still you. get enrolled that sit next to you in class. Doesn't That's matter right. what where you are, he'll find you. He's smarter than you think. I'm going to give this Halloween HTO three candy corns. All righty. One, two, three. Perfect. Okay. Next we have Halloween Resurrection. Um, I'm pretty sure I didn't see this one because I don't, this doesn't trigger any memories for me, but it does sound pretty good. Um, in this uh, episode of Halloween, Michael finally kills Jamie Lee Curtis. Woo, woo. And then ends up on a reality show where people are trying to stay alive for a night in the house with him. <laughs> I love that. That is sounds like so, such a great storyline. I haven't seen it, but I'm thinking it's a five candy Oh, corn. it has to be. It has to be. Any reality show, of course. One, two, three, yeah. four. Yeah, I'm thinking so. Five. I'm going to be sick after this episode, <laughs> just to let you know. <laughs> No one will be allowed to leave until the show is over. You stay the night. Let the danger tainment begin. Now. You think this is the one that he used to, you know, do his thing? The webcast is live. Trick or treat, mother... So we'll say that's five, even though I haven't seen it yet. No. Okay, so then... Then in 2018, Halloween mm -hmm. comes back out, but they just name it Halloween. Nothing else, just Halloween. She was almost murdered. Wasn't it her brother who murdered all those babysitters? No, it was not her brother. That's something that people made up. Do you know that I pray every night that he would escape? Who the hell did you do that for? So I can kill him. You don't believe in the boogeyman? <laughs> This one acts as if the previous Halloween movies never happened. Right. And that's why they named it Halloween to kind of like trick everybody. Yeah, We're started, just starting started over. Back over. Jamie Lee, of course, is back. She's been living her life Linda Hamilton style, working out and waiting for the day <laughs> when she comes face to face with Michael again. Does she ride a motorcycle? She might. I can't remember. <laughs> she is living in a fortress and learning all about guns and other weaponry. She has a very strained relationship with her daughter, but she's close to her granddaughter. Michael, however, wants to reconnect with Jamie again as well. And boy, does he. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give this a uh, three candy corns. Three candy corns. We go three candy corns. Mm. Okay. So then in 2021, Halloween Kills comes out. We killed Michael. My grandmother set the fire. No one told you. <gasps> told me what? Michael Myers is alive. A man couldn't have survived that fire. This film is obviously the continuation of the 2018 Halloween where Michael is left to die in the basement of a burning house. Yes. But of course is rescued by some uninformed firefighters who he subsequently kills. He then follows Jamie Lee in he, hot pursuit. He always kills the people who save him. I know. They Come on, Michael. <laughs> and of course, the whole time, Jamie Lee's like, don't save him. Let him burn. And the firefighter's <laughs> like, we're going to save you. And Michael's like, sweet. I'm going to kill you. Um, he follows Jamie Lee in hot pursuit while the hospital she's at is going crazy with Michael Myers' paranoia. However, Jamie and her daughter and granddaughter try to face him, but ultimately, spoiler alert, one of them does not make it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to give this one a three candy corn salute. Okay. And finally... Halloween ends 2022. This is my pick to put here. This was not um, put in there by Pocket Lint, but probably because this movie just came out. Yeah, they probably didn't have it reviewed yet. I don't think so. As it ends, the latest Halloween trilogy that started in 2018, this movie shows Jamie Lee and her granddaughter living their lives in Haddonfield, even though they are hated by the townspeople for the destruction that Michael has brought to the town. However... 
the granddaughter starts to see a man who has his own very weird issues, including what he did as a babysitter in the very opening scene, which I will not get into here. What are you going to do when Michael comes back for you? Because he is coming. But this time, something feels different. He's more dangerous. Anyway, this boyfriend becomes friends with a very weary and old and injured Michael Myers, who teaches him the art of the serial kill. (laughs) I won't give it away, but the movie does have a very strong resolution that if the Halloween franchise ever returns, it may do so by ignoring this last storyline completely and starting anew. So I thought that this Halloween was kind of weird. Um, and I'm not sure I liked it that much. I'm only going to give it two candy corns. Oh, that's sad, Holly. Just two. That is so sad. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, you know, Michael Myers wasn't as powerful as I, I've seen him in the past. And I like to see him in his, his serial killing best. And it just was sad to see him kind of a, as an old man. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> He's been through a lot. How did Jamie Lee Curtis uh do she's great she's great she she did a good job i like jamie lee curtis um Mm -hmm. i i met her once years ago when i was working in hollywood she was the nicest lady um yeah i i think she's fun to watch and i loved her did you ever see scream queens yes oh god she was great in scream queens so funny so anyway um that's kind of where this storyline goes to but of course you guys should go out and see for yourself make your own decisions don't listen to me maybe you would give it more than two candy corns but it wasn't i don't know i wanted something else i guess um what were you hoping for i don't know i don't know that you can end this this sort of storyline when you know the guy just is not gonna die so how do you really kill him um, maybe he has a son that comes back and is evil. I don't know. <laughs> or you reveal <laughs> that he's actually William Shatner yeah. at the end. That, that would, would be so That would be cool. pretty sweet. They should have gotten William Shatner to they play him. That would have been hilarious. Have. Oh my gosh, that would have been so good. So good. So Pocket Lint also suggested watching the two Rob Zombie remakes of Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, Rob Zombie remade them in 2007, um, the original, and someone followed it pretty well, the original storyline. He also made his own version of Halloween 2 in 2009. Um, I didn't really care for the Rob Zombie films, though he does make Michael Myers way scarier because he makes him just huge, like a huge dude, way more just intimidating. Um, But I didn't like the other characters that much. I didn't really, I don't know. Resonate with them. Not really. They were just, I just wasn't, I didn't like them that much. So I had less emotional skin in the game, so to speak. And then, of course, the Halloween 3 movie as a sidebar, if you ever want to check that out. Um, The bastard stepchild of the franchise, Halloween 3, is just about an evil costume company that creates Halloween masks to melt the faces of the children that wear them on Halloween night. (laughs) It's it's pretty campy and nothing like the other films. Oh, wow. But anyway, that is my review of the entire Halloween movie franchise. Well, that was... A lot of reviewing. I know. And I, was I loved do, it. It was I, so good. Thank you. I was going to do other movies, but I thought, why do I need to? I mean, I can just talk about how there's the enough whole time. of them. Yeah. Oh no, it's I. I know that has gone on for so many years, yes. and so many people are into it, and decades. I was just like, it is so hard to please everyone when you're ending a series it like is. this. It is, it it's, has to let down a lot of people in some ways, even if it was the best movie yeah. of all time. Yeah. So interesting. True. Well, yeah. I probably won't watch it now. But thank you very much. Um, I'm not really a big slasher person, yeah. but um, I know it was just amazing and everybody loved it and they definitely have iconic characters yeah and it it's definitely sad to see it finally end but he needs to die yeah no <laughs> or they can come up with lots of creative ways to continue it because if they I, want i heard um on the internet today that it had like the second visit uh, halloween ends had the second biggest box office opening of all horror films. It's got so much money right. behind it that they'll probably make more movies. I can't imagine that they're not going to, but, you know. That's the thing. It's like if money's driving the profit, yeah. you don't really 
you can't really back away from the storyline because it's just too yeah. valuable to to not continue it. I will be surprised if Jamie Lee Curtis decides to do any more Halloween films because she's probably at this point. I mean, it's easy money for her probably because, you know. Yeah, as long as she keeps up with her yogurt activity, <laughs> she's going to have the stomach she's for it. She it. can continue she's got on. The body. Yeah. She can continue. She looks on. great. Um, but and then did uh, you watch that video I sent you? Jimmy Kimmel did the. Um, it's like uh, when kids go sit on Santa's lap at Christmas. Yes. <laughs> Instead, you come <laughs> and sit on Michael Myers' lap at Halloween. The kids are like, oh. "I'm not going in there. I'm not going." It's pretty funny. <laughs> so awful. It's a great idea, though. I love that. Oh, okay. God, so let, tell okay. us what you got, Carol. Well, you know, this Halloween there are so many new shows out this month. There yeah. was just so much to watch. I tried to watch so much um of course i had to watch disney's hocus pocus remake oh. one of my all-time halloween favorites was is it a remake or is it number two disney Hoc hocus pocus um it's d uh number two okay but you'll see it's almost like a remake so almost 30 years later hearing about the sequel out right before halloween sent me into shock i just i was so excited to watch it especially knowing all the original Sanderson sister witches were coming back to play their respective parts. That's great. It's so hard, you know, with sequels, especially when it is so many years later. Right. But I must say the Sanderson sisters were just like the first one, the best part. They were so good. My husband, who was sleeping through most of it, just kept waking up <laughs> from time to time to comment on how 30 years later the witches hadn't aged a day. That's because they're witches. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was trying to figure out if they were using CGI on their faces, but I think you nailed it. Yeah. They're witches, yeah, obviously. They knew spellcasting. Yeah. I do like how we get to see the background story of how the Sanderson sisters became witches. Yeah. And then the kids who were their mini-me's did a really great job with it. Also, the storyline and jokes are pretty good. Nothing too forced or awkward. Um, Billy Hutchinson, Winifred's lover in the first movie, uh -huh. comes back in this one and does an amazing job and is just an identical match to the first Billy zombie performance. I loved it. Huh. Yeah. And I don't want to give away really any spoilers, but there was a lot of hella dissatisfaction, though, because... I, for one, was expecting some original knock-it-out-of-the-park tunes from the show, but instead they just performed remakes of other songs, like oh. One Way or Another by Blondie, oh. which for me, yeah, which for me, the music score of the original Hocus Pocus is what really made it sparkle. Uh -huh. So yeah, I was disappointed. I mean, you had 30 years, Disney, to compose some original <laughs> hits. And I even read that um, Bette Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker were adamant that they include music performances by the Sanderson sisters um, because at first the producers were just on the fence and leaning towards not doing any. Huh. Can you believe that? Yeah. That was all, that was the a really pinnacle. fun yeah. part about the first Hocus Pocus is, you know, when they got on stage and did their performance and yeah, they were just like, nah, we're not going to do that. And they just fought for it. And I'm so glad they did because Man, they just didn't miss a beat. They can move on stage. They can sing on stage. They are just so good. They just, you could just tell they were having so much fun with it. But I'm just completely upset by the ending. So without saying how it ends, let's just say that the Sanderson sisters do deserve eternal torment and hell <laughs> um, for killing and eating little children's souls, right? Okay. Like they did in the first one. I'm kind of on board with that, but okay. Yeah, and yet <laughs> Disney has this thing, and it's been doing it for a while now, for years. They try to make us really sympathetic towards villains, oh. and that's just a big no for me. And from what Rotten Tomatoes ratings and reviews that I read, they also agree that making the Sanderson sisters um, sympathetic characters just was not well-received. Huh. Um, and you can watch it and tell me what you think. The children who acted in this one did a really great job, but unfortunately, um, it didn't leave you remembering their characters or even their names. I know it's harsh. I really think what they should have done is had that kid from the first one show up as a 45-year-old virgin, <laughs> you know, still not getting any, <laughs> and then light the witch candle again. I mean, that would be so good to have uh, him, like, come back, play great. his part. 
or being played by Steve Carell. Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who already was a 45-year-old virgin. Oh, Holly, that was so good. Yeah, good one. You know what I was thinking, too, as I watched Winifred, um, played by Bette Midler? She looks so much like the clown from Stephen King's It. No, oh. she has those front teeth, the big orange yeah, hair. Huh? Yeah. She looks just like it. They're probably related. I mean, I, I just couldn't believe it. Anyhow, I still think this is worth a watch this Halloween. Just don't go in expecting this one to be a yearly tradition. I give this one a three and a half out of five candy corns okay. for my review. All right, here we go. One, two, three, half. Half. The next show I reviewed is a Netflix series, um, and it came out in August of 2022 um, called The Devil in Ohio. Oh, yes. Now, this one Holly and I both watched, and Holly is mad about it, and she can give her take on this at the end. But basically, it's about a satanic cult in Ammon County, Ohio, based on Daria Palatin's best-selling novel. What truly sparked my interest, too, is that the book was inspired by true events that actually happened in Ohio. Really? Yes. Huh. The series, though, retells the story from a perspective of the mother, who is a psychiatrist, who has a fond habit of getting too emotionally attached to children with a troubled past. May, who is, you know, the star of the show, who is the daughter um, that's focused on you know, who's in that cult, develops an obsession to become a permanent member of the family and plays on the mom's emotions. Well, just about everyone in that household. I enjoyed it, even though it is a Hallmark family horror show. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the main actress who played May, Madeline Arthur, did such a great job being that sweet, innocent, yet insanely creepy character that gave you the willies when watching. Uh -huh. And it really goes to show. Kids can be a main cause of divorce. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Mathis, played by Emily Deschanel, and the father, Peter, played by Sam Jager, also did a great job convincing us of their growing resentment and at the same time making us pity Peter and his failures as a man to provide for his family. <laughs> I love a good creepy story that features miles and miles of cornfields and crows, Holly. <laughs> the story was less horror and more suspenseful in trying to discover how to stop a cult in a remote area of Ohio from harming their members and just trying to save the girl May, who ends up escaping before she is forced to do a death ritual. But as awful as her situation, we don't even know if this girl is Satan himself or if she's worth saving. And even at the end, you're like, eek. So to me, it had some Carrie vibes to it, too. Yeah. Um, thumbs up for a non-gore, suspenseful and creepy show. And maybe I liked it because cults always fascinate me. So I give this one a solid three candy corns review. Boom. 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 Oh, did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> the whole family can watch this one and be thankful they don't live in Ohio. So what did you think about it, Holly? Um, you didn't even make it through. Or did you make it through? I did. I saw the whole thing. Uh, there were certain scenes I liked. Uh, but ultimately, I did not know it was based on true events. I'd like to know the story behind it. In fact, that might be a good one book. to cover for our podcast. Yeah, you could read the book. It's probably really insightful of huh. you know how cults work and everything is yeah, pretty spooky that is spooky i don't know i thought that the uh, it was like you said very hallmark horror <laughs> and it wasn't necessarily all that scary there were some interesting parts to it um i yeah i wanted there to be more creepy and less oh i love you i love you you know i just wanted it to be really own itself as a halloween or not halloween but horror film mm -hmm. um i yeah. don't know yeah it definitely was all about the family drama yeah, as well about going the, on yeah the family drama and i thought the acting was okay i just thought that the whole thing wasn't that well written i was kind of like meh i like the little girl though in Is the family she that would sing. oh yeah the she, she was, was cute good. she was very cute um, right. I would give it, I would give it one and a half oh, candy corn. Oh, Lord, she is reaching low in this. One and a half, everybody. That is, that is brutal. Yeah. Okay. Next. All right. Well, 
<laughs> anyway, the next show I watched came out recently this month, also on Disney Plus, Marvel's Werewolf by Night, directed uh, by Michael Giacchino. This one I did not see, so I will not weigh in on my <laughs> opinion. Okay. It was produced to be a standalone one-episode show. It was based on a less popular comic book character, Jack Russell, who is played by actor Gail Garcia Bernal, who transforms into a werewolf. Oh, I love his name, Jack Russell. That's so great. <laughs> Jack Russell Terrier. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but surprisingly, there was another character who got just as much of a spotlight and one can argue is the actual lead role. Elsa Bloodstone, who is played by actress Laura Donnelly, who comes to claim an inheritance of a red bloodstone brooch or necklace, and that special stone gives the owner magical powers. However, she's an estranged daughter, so she's made to fight with all the other monster hunters for the chance to own the bloodstone. And whoever wins the game without getting killed wins it. The bloodstone is attached to a huge monster named Ted, which I think is great. <laughs> Ted. And the monster is set out loose in the garden for the hunt to begin. When I first started watching this, I was really excited for the old black and white feel of those 1930s horror films. Yeah. Except I started to get motion sickness when in the first scene, the camera films a huge round room and it is slightly out of focus. Huh. But thank goodness that whole vomit-inducing scene gets over pretty quick. <laughs> For those who have inner ear issues, you know, just keep pressing on. Because, like, on further reflection, I realized it reminded me of when my dad tried to focus the projector just right on our family home movie night, you know, screen. Oh, uh-huh. I thought it was a nice artistic touch in, <laughs> in retrospect. Nice. Um, the other thing I really love is that the bloodstone itself is the only thing that is filmed in color. Oh, Everything cool. else is in black and white. So, oh. yeah, it just looks super cool. That is cool. Um, the dark humor in this one, too, is really well done. And I love, love the monster Ted. He's so scary looking and cuddly all at the same time. <laughs> the only thing I didn't really like is not knowing the background of what happened to the strange daughter. Um, and that's probably because I never really read the comic book. Um, so not a problem for true Marvel fans who are into that. Also, I thought they could have done a much better job making the werewolf look scary. It just wasn't for me. I was I was really disappointed. I, I thought it was more of a dime store costume look, but oh. I'm so sick of CGI digital effects. I'm okay with it. And I respect the style the director was trying to achieve. So cool. Not sure because of the bloody violence, though, that kids should watch this one. But the 12 and up crowd nowadays probably has a higher tolerance thanks to our slasher films and all the other films that have come out over time. You're welcome. Yes. Don't expect to be emotionally attached to any of the characters because the story just doesn't go into anything of substance and the ending is super weird. Huh. My husband loved it and I understand the Wizard of Oz reference with adding color at the end, yet I felt like I was really missing something else or some deeper meaning, but that's just me. So I give it a strong candy corn uh, four candy corn review. Four? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Because it does deliver that nostalgic old movie Halloween horror entertainment for a stormy night with popcorn. Nice. So one, two, three, four. I also think I'm kind of heavily weighted with my love of candy corns. That's why I always <laughs> dish it out a lot higher than you do, wow. Holly. Oh, maybe. Because I just love eating them. <laughs> Not They're these over so here. Great. No, I've got the good ones over here. <laughs> but you're welcome to have them. Oh, thank you. Are you um, surviving the flavors? Yeah, they're fine. Are you mixing them and matching? Not really. Not even bothering to t taste them. I'm just, I'm just swallowing just, them She's whole. just swallowing them whole. Yeah. Probably is better for <laughs> editing purposes. Um, okay, so my last show that I watched for the Halloween season is on Netflix. Yeah. It was a seven-episode series, and it came out, though, in 2021 oh. called Midnight Mass. Oh, yeah. Created by Mike Flanagan, who is also known for Haunting of Hill House and Bly Manor. The story is about a fishing town experiencing a revival with miraculous healings and a young priest who takes over for the former priest who is said to be ill. There is a super creepy monster who loves to feed off cats, and if oh. you get squeamish with blood then this series is not for you. There is lots of gore and blood in later episodes, so fair warning. 
Horror shows usually are empty on storyline, character development, and plot. You have to give this one some time before the series really hooks you in because it definitely has a much slower pace. You know, it's not your typical horror show with um, superficial religious ideas, fast-paced gotcha moments, lacking on character development or plot. Midnight Mass characters delve into deep discussions regarding the afterlife, God, and finding purpose in a depressing small fishing village. Hmm. The acting is great in this series, with Zach Guilford playing Riley, Kate Siegel as Aaron, and the young priest, Hamish Linklater. My husband said, so this is interesting, my husband said the priest, um, Hamish Linklater, actually attended the same college as him. Oh, really? And during the time he was there also. He didn't know him personally, but perhaps they passed each other on their way to a class. It's kind of cool to know he was there at the same time. Yeah. Um, I personally feel the, the priest was the star of the show. My favorite character in this series by far. He just did an amazing job. And Henry Thomas. Yeah. The former child actor of Spielberg's E.T. He plays Ryan's dad, and he gave quite a convincing performance of being a quiet, uptight religious father who we find over time is actually quite emotionally fragile and tries his best to love his family. The drama that unfolds is heart-wrenching. I found myself respecting the difficult personalities and the beliefs that are presented in a true American fashion without any real push to present an agenda except in one speech by the priest who tries to convince his congregation that God does not favor any nation, nor does God want borders or nationalism. So I I had to laugh at that. Uh, Most expect the priest to be the villain in a horror show, but in Midnight Mass, you have a priest who does horrible things with the intention of being a good person who thinks he is following God's commands and intentions. If you have ever grown up in a small community or had an upbringing where you went to church every Sunday and everyone you knew also attended, then perhaps you will feel a bit nostalgic, like you're back in church as you listen to the familiar hymns playing and the liturgy preached. Others may find an opposite feeling depending on your experience growing up in a Catholic faith-based community. Michael Flanagan wrote this with personal experience growing up in the Catholic Church and was even an altar boy himself. So I would say this series is near and dear to Michael Flanagan. Hmm. Rotten Tomatoes also agrees this one is a must watch at 86% favorable. Really? And Stephen King gave high marks on his review of it. Also, and he, you know, he is the king of horror. Yeah. Speaking of Stephen King, I know we're focused on movies and shows right now, Mm -hmm. but I am also reading Stephen King's new book, Fairy Tale. Oh. It just came out. It is so, so good. Oh, good. Run, run, and get this book. I am almost done with it, and it's just such a good read. Huh, good. He dedicates it to the big three early 20th century writers, Lovecraft, R.C. Howard, um, who did the Conan series, and Edgar Rice Burroughs. Huh you know, author of Tarzan series yeah. and John Carter Mars. So Midnight Mass presents how the Bible can be interpreted as one gigantic horror story of blood sacrifice, war, torture, beheadings. It's quite dark. Huh. The passages can also be twisted and easily misinterpreted. We had someone write to us two years ago and he wanted us to do an episode on blood rituals yeah, and sacred that. texts and religions. Mm-hmm. Um, the person did all this research, and it was a lot of effort. They put in a lot of thought with the examples presented. I just felt at the time, you know, our show was more focused on ghost stories. Yeah. But it was eye-opening how much blood and sacrifice was a significant factor in achieving a profound connection with God in most religions. Huh. Quote, it's impossible to separate the Bible as a book from horror literature. It has everything in there, Flanagan told Vanity Fair. It's overtly and unapologetically espousing supernatural, horrific events left and right. Even the hero of the story, God, the embodiment of love, drowns the world when he gets angry enough in the Old Testament, end quote. The way this series is filmed is hauntingly beautiful and at the same time horrific in its gore and horror. The end left me feeling very sad, but hopeful. And I can't say many horror stories deliver much more than disgust and fear. So, Holly, I give this one a four and a half candy corn review. Four and a half? 
four and a half. Damn, girl. Here we go. Uh, 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 and there we go. <laughs> so I started watching Midnight Mass a long time ago, and I yeah. think I watched two episodes. And like you said, it takes a while to get into. I didn't give it a chance, and I just, meh, and I jumped ship. But now... I want to go back and finish it. Yeah, it's so good. It huh. is so good. Um, it won't great. disappoint. It really is. You know, a lot of these ones that um, are coming out are horror with drama mixed in. And yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Especially if you're not into just the typical slasher. Right. Um, like Saw and stuff like that. But, yeah. Um, this one is very gory, though. So beware. A lot okay. of blood. Do, is it left open to have a second season or is it a standalone series? It's meant to be standalone okay. with the series ending, but who knows? I yeah. mean, like when you watch the ending without giving anything away, there could be an angle where they could come back with another okay. series perhaps. Yeah. Huh. But I kind of love the way they ended it. Okay. So it's on Netflix. It is. Okay. I'll go back and check it back out. Because I know I watched the first couple and I was like, yes, it's okay. There's some stuff I liked about it that I just never went back and revisited. I think I moved on to something else and forgot well, about it. Was it after all the dead cats? Uh, that would have done it for like me. I did not like the That was cats. horrible. I thought of you in <laughs> yeah. when I when that happened and I'm I like, poor Holly. don't think that that's why, but I'm sure I was like, oh, I don't like the dead cats. But I, I, I don't think I would have stopped watching it because of that. So, yeah. Yeah. And creepy monster. I'm not going to say what it is, but you guys will have to let us know what you think. Cool. And hopefully you'll watch some good shows and yeah. based off our recommendations and, and eat some candy corn of all different flavors. Yeah. <laughs> while you do. And we wish you a very happy haunted Halloween. We, we wish you a very merry Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll see you guys next time. Next time. Bye. Bye. It all ends now. He said that while they were there, they came across a 12. I'm going to say that again. <sighs> he said that when they were there, I'm going to say it again. And so many of them are filmed in the dark. So they're right. really saving on electricity bills, <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah. Well, Such they have a to dark have a, look. They have to have a little bit of lighting mm -hmm. so you can see the girl running from the monster. Yeah. But, you know, it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, turn on the headlights of the car. That'll yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> so when um, that movie came out, of course, Halloween movies and all these other, uh oh, see, now I didn't turn off my phone. Oops. And I'm getting texted and it's making noises in the background. This is a continuation of the night from the original film. Like I think I said that earlier. You know what? I'm going to eat my candy corn and I'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about the problem yeah. that would, would happen, but wait till your gums bleed. <laughs> That's the best part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Is it brooch or brooch? Uh, Remember, bro I always have a, a hard time saying that. Museum. Museum or brooch? Brooch or brooch? <laughs> it's a bloodstone brooch. As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts, and all dolls are definitely haunted. Hey guys, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Fireside Phantoms. If you have a spooky story you would like to share with us, send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode.